Okay, welcome to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I am your Game Master Porter, and we have our regular players tonight, Aaron and Tiffany. Tiffany, go ahead and introduce us to your character. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric, earthen enchantress. Mira does not kill. That is her trouble. She uh, has her few aspects, horticulture for hire, herbalist, hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. She continues, especially in this land of death, she misses her grove. And she has the staff of summer flame and the uh, warded amulet of, um, of protection. Excellent. Those are her two gear aspects. That is reinforced with a vine uh, to keep its oh, that's right. you beefed it connection up. on our person. <laughs> Erin, go ahead. Good evening. I'm Erin, and I will be playing Eleanor Westergaard. She is a beguiling magical slayer, and her trouble is venom in her veins. Um, her other aspects are fantastical facades, the Westergaard family business, and lady on a mission. And then her two um, gear aspects, I had to switch one out last time, so I've got my negative energy ward... Um, which took the place of my vampiric dagger, and then I have my fancy whip. And we are having a refresh tonight, so I've got three fate points. That is right. And I don't have any more consequences. Woo! You guys are fully recovered. So yes, this is a refresh as we enter into this next arc. So, as a quick recap, you have arrived in the great city of Per Anu, which is a city of death, undeath, necromancy. It's a, it's quite a bit different than the other cities you've been to. Um, how about you give us just a quick recap of what happened last time? Um, so we saw the city from a distance, and it was under a veil, which Eleanor thought was super cool. Uh, and so we saw the priestess do a ritual, and then we were able to enter through the veil and see the city. Um, we arrived. We got settled at the two doves mm -hmm. inn, and we're really hoping that a new room opens up because we have just a little tiny stuffy room that's not very nice. <laughs> and uh, then we glamoured ourselves, and we went out to check out the red market we found a drink seller, and Mira, of all people, bought blood. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of just oriented ourselves to the city. It was It's a very different city than we're used to. And once it got dark, we tried to make our way back to the inn because we didn't want to be out among who knows what. But it seemed that the city got even busier at night. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much the whole session, I think. Unless you want to add something, Tiffany. No, just one of the things I noticed was that, um, well, I noticed because we were told, um, is that um, it was much more evident who's who at night because a lot of the concealment garments and um, uh, protective shields and hoods and scarves and things were all coming off because of the um, avoidance of sunlight it was, you know, people started dashing their concealment garments um, at night. And so we were able to kind of see 
who is who and who was what and walking around, you know, amongst the night. So it was very interesting to kind of see what the local populace turned up. I will, I will make a small correction to that, which is you're not sure if all the people walking around in the day covered up in, in heavy clothing is because they're trying to, you know, protect themselves from the sun or just, you know, hide the fact that they are in fact a wimpy mortal who is easy for munching. And so that's fair. Yeah, I guess it goes both ways. <laughs> so if but everyone is cloaked and hidden, you're not vulnerable. Okay. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so an assumption on my part, so that is not well noted. You spend your first evening in Piranu and the uh you you heard steady music through the night out on the streets and it, and it just sort of comes and goes. It's not like a, not like a raucous party like Mardi Gras or anything like that, but it is, there is just a, it's clear that there is a steady nightlife at all hours of the night in this city. This city never sleeps or at least parts of the city never sleep. So you wake up the next morning in your cramped little room and, uh, what would you like to do? I think we need breakfast. Yeah. We and gotta charge up for the day. And we're gonna see about getting a new bedroom because I think we had a cot in this one, so one of us was on the bed, one of us was on the cot, and there's just not yeah. a lot of room and it's really stuffy. Alright. Well as you as you come down as uh you come out to the to the uh the Sorry. As you come out to the lobby, there are just like two or three very small tables out in the front. And you see a lady kind of sprucing up the room. And she has uh, she has a dark hair pulled up into a very high ponytail that cascades up and then and then long straight hair down her uh, that kind of goes down her back. Um, so it's almost like a big top knot kind of thing. And she sees you, uh, coming into the common room. Ah, you must be the new guest my daughter told me about. I'm Soraya. Thank you for staying at the Two Doves. We feel very welcome indeed. Thank you so much for your hospitality. Um, we, we were told, um, however that there may be slightly larger accommodations available for us after our first evening. Oh, um, one moment. And then she goes over to the books. She kind of flips a page, kind of looks for a moment and goes, Oh, no wonder. Yes. That room is very hard for two people. Yes. Um, thank you for, uh, for, for, Dealing with that, that is not ideal. We have been full. Give me just a moment. She flips a few more pages. Yes. Yes. Um, there is a party that will be leaving today. So a room, a much better room will be open. So if you, uh, whatever your business about today, um, late afternoon, we can get you shuffled over to your new room. Would you like me and my husband to simply take care of that? Or would you prefer to move your things yourself? I don't want to presume to touch any of your belongings. We'll, we'll take care of it. We'll, we'll make our way back around here. 
uh, sometime this afternoon. Wonderful. We'll, we'll take care of our belongings. Thank you. The room should be ready sometime mi- after mid afternoon, and we can we can move you then whenever you whenever you come back. And is there somewhere nearby that you would recommend uh, for breakfast that would be? Um, or do you have do you have a breakfast menu? We we're looking for we're looking for something hearty to sort of last us the day. I I can certainly set you off with some with some uh some rice and milk and fruit. If you want anything more complex than that, I'm afraid you'll have to uh head out the the red market has many many food vendors, but there's also a very nice little place just down around the corner that you might enjoy very much the uh the uh a friend of mine uh named norma runs runs that place and it's quite pleasant fantastic okay so what would you like to do so we are going to head out um into the streets and we're going to head over to norma's okay and we're going to get um Whatever is normal breakfast fare in Paranu, you know, we, we like to try the, the, the local cuisine and see what, what do people eat here. So it seems uh, her, her specialty is a really nice um, honeyed fruit salad as well and as well as a uh, sort of an odd, an odd sort of bread toast that's in a round ring. You might almost, she, she calls it a bagel you've never seen them before it has a a special (laughs) spread it's quite quite uh delightful that's fantastic i love that there are bagels in this universe that is like i could live here now this is fine with me (laughs) it's so funny i keep expecting paranu to be like all death and destruction and they serve us bat wings and spider soup and you're like no it's a honeyed fruit salad with a bagel <laughs> I'm, I'm very surprised pleasantly surprised yeah it's funny so over breakfast um eleanor and mira sit down and uh start to kind of hash out you know what what is the what are the goals what are we trying to do and just kind of set an itinerary out for ourselves sure. almost mira i think that we should i think that we should really strategize how we're going to go around with the city i don't think we really want to play around here and i don't think we want to take any missteps or mistakes um we we know that we must meet the god king and we don't want it to be a meeting like the other god king Yes, if we could avoid a repeat of that scenario, I would. I I think that would be to our benefit. Yes, so we know that. Um, I'm a little bit worried. I don't. I don't know how we're going to get into the palace. I think the best way to sort of figure out we had familiarity in the last city because we had enough people giving us the inside scoop. But I think here we have no idea what we're up against. And I can't imagine that the God King of the city of the dead avails himself to visitors very (laughs) easily. So perhaps it would be 
a good idea to reconnoiter, to maybe be us, but not us, and knock on the front door and see who's home and see how far we can get <laughs> our charms and wits so we know when it will be necessary to bring more. Yes. I remember when I would go on the missions long, a long, long time ago and we'd be hunting, um, I would sit and scout out and, and watch people. I watched so much and just to see who came and went and where they went. And uh, I feel that with my magic, it has definitely grown since those days. You know, I could, we can glamour ourselves. I could veil one of us. We could almost be invisible. They could still bump into us, but if we're careful, we just need that door open and we can walk anywhere. Now, I don't know if they can sense us. I'm not sure of what magic. So I, I think it maybe it would be best if we did go in actually as people or, you know, actual physical beings going in there we can kind of see what's going on and then if we need to then you know we could come back later i could just go back if we needed to what basically invisible and maybe get a bit further just to kind of see what is happening i really like the uh bailout plan of we could just disappear if things go awry and just poof and nobody knows where <laughs> we are we could just we could just vanish and run i i really like that as an option um but vanishing in is intriguing um we do have to think about the end game because if we do make it all the way to the god king's presumably throne room or quarters or wherever. Um, and we just pop into vision. I'm not sure how <laughs> eager the God King will be to talk to us, having bypassed all of the <laughs> gatekeeping between us and him. Well, if you flash some of those pretty little figs at him, I'm sure he will have a different opinion. However, then he might just take them from us and who knows. But I think we should be very prepared that we are going to need to bargain with at least one, maybe two figs. I, I am prepared for any manner of negotiation. It's really the protection of our mortal existences that is my priority. Hmm. Um, I, I think that a stakeout and intel is, is going to be a really great place to start. And then if we find an opening, physical door opening or an opportunity of a more abstract kind, then that's what we should do. Great. Okay, I say we do that today, and uh, perhaps as we're going around, if we see this Olafu, or if we see any Shadow Fae, or anyone that we think could maybe help us, I don't think that we should just go ask people, hey, do you know where the Shadow Fae are? I don't know that we should really <laughs> do that. Hmm. So maybe let's just, you know, stay focused and aware of our surroundings and see if we can maybe find this Olafu. All right. Ears to the ground. Make our way to the temple. I like it. 
Excellent. Cheers. Clink little teacups. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So you um uh you head to so you're heading to the temple or to the the Yeah. We're gonna go stake out. Oh, before this, um I want to glamour us yeah. so that we don't look like ourselves, but we look I mean, I, I think we're still human, but we just look different. Okay. So, um, are you taking your own faces and subtly and like make and just kind of warping them, or are you trying to make yourselves look like s someone else? Those are kind of different. Like specific, somebody specific. That's kind of the two things, the two options. You either have to take your face and then like morph it. Like, you know, grow the nose, thicken the lips, change the eye color, like yeah. change things about you mm. or you have to like have a pretty specific thing you're going to otherwise like. Yeah, I'm going to make us look different. Okay. Um, yeah, just sort of like obscure our appearance. No, I want us to look completely different. I don't want to. Oh, just... you do want us to look like completely other individuals. Yes. Okay. So who are you going as? What is your identity? What is your so alibi? I am... Not alibi. But... Do you want to know who we look like? Yes. Okay. Who are you presenting so as? So I am going to change Mira to look similar to the sea nymph that we saw. Whoa. Just for oh, funsies. Oh, real different. Not just other humans. Yeah, just a little... A little different. That's Be a that's a very different. That's a whole other thing with a different. That's a that's a big. Well, I mean, how much? Okay, so I guess I'm thinking like Blue Mermaid. Is that not what Sea Nymphs? No, that's that's about accurate. I'm just saying that's a that's a bold <laughs> choice. Well, she's still gonna look human. It's just her face that I'm doing because we're all covered. So it's just the faces, and so I'm gonna take that Sea Nymphs face so it's not like i'm going to be doing gills or anything mm -hmm. i just want kind of that bluish skin tone okay. with the sea nymphs features i i guess what i'm saying is remember that whatever you know if assuming you're going to be interacting with somebody that you're that these appearances come with stories and personas that you might have to back up well that's mira's job <laughs> I, all right all i'm up for it She'll be fine. I'm My kidding. boyfriend's a water wizard. I could like whip around some water Ooh, magic if I had to. Yeah. I like that. That's what we're doing. Side oh, note. Oh, it's you, never you, a good you, idea. You when... never no, you've never expanded your magic at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, this is just like me being like completely arrogant about oh, it. Just oh, like, okay. I could probably buy I, I'm <laughs> sure. fine. No, I definitely know I haven't like okay, cool. done. Okay, well then maybe we should do something more earthy, because then you could do something if we needed to. That's a good point. Are there dryads in this universe? Close enough. Uh, some I mean you mean like a, a tree fay of some kind? Yeah, like yes. a wood nymph. Okay, yes. so a water nymph, like a wood nymph. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. So I'm taking the features from the water nymph that I that is very recent. And then I'm just, instead of doing like blue, I'm going to make it just a little bit more earthy. Like so maybe like a little green, a little tan. A moss. A little bit of moss coming off. Yeah. So okay. I'm making her. All right, what are you doing with you? Um, so with me, I was going to give myself 
a little bit of features from Lady Alashra. Oh. Just for funsies. He probably won't know who that is. No. Wait, but would... Well. Well, so I would look still human. So are you going Lady Alashra if she was alive? Or yes. are you... Okay. Sure. Just so I'm just a different human. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good... Okay. That's a good specific face. And you can play with the memory, your memory of it to um, make it... Make, to go, okay, if she, that's what I saw, but if she was alive, it would probably be like this. Yes. Okay. So you spend some time um, in the mirror and standing in front of Mira and sort of crafting these illusions. Um, and I'm assuming you want these to kind of last all day. Yes. Okay. So you can do that with your uh, with your meta magic. Um, do I need to roll? You do need uh, you do need to roll. We'll do one roll for both of you, and this will just be a uh, a um, uh, invokes that you can use as as it as it comes up. So difficulty. Uh, this sounds. I seem. I'm assuming you want clever. Oh yes. This is appropriate, and uh, difficulty will be four. Oh no! I've only got. Three. Wait, meta magic. Nope, I don't get anything. That's not a bonus. Yeah. Ugh, I've only got three. Okay, well, I guess I'll play a fate point, and that'll be a plus two, so that'll make it a five. Cool, that's a success. How about we uh, just put that with the aspect fantastical facades? That just feels like right up your alley. Okay. So you've got one ass, one free invoke for your disguises. For the day. Cool. Cool. Alright. I'll take that fate point. Okay. So as you head out uh, into the city. Um, oh, so, okay. So did you disguise up before or after breakfast? After breakfast. So go get breakfast, come back to your rooms, disguise up. Yeah, and I think probably in the room, too, uh, I pro I wanted to put a veil on where the figs are in the magic carpet. So if anybody comes into the room, like mm. there's our bags, but our really special stuff is probably like hidden under the bed, veiled so no one can see it. Okay. Will you just make a clever roll for me? Ooh, that's a four. Okay. Noted. No one's stealing that carpet or those fakes. So I you mean, are no not to, so you are leave, just to be one hundred percent clear, you are leaving the figs and the carpet in your room. They're not on your person. Because those are resources you often draw on. So I want to be clear what you have and what you don't have with you. What do you think? Uh, see, there have been times where we have gone on outings and we've been unspecific whether or not we leave the thing behind in our various rooms of yeah, sort of encampment. Well, I guess we only have um, nine left and it's just like a little like egg carton, right? Is how. But then it's vulnerable if it's on our person and we're like, you know, what if we got captured again and tied to another It's host? vulnerable like, with you and it's vulnerable not with you. It's just yeah. different vulnerable. You know, maybe we should split them. Maybe we should have Ooh. half of There's them There's only one them. box, though. There's only one box. Mm. No, I, I think mean, it's in the easy, box. That's, that's an easy purchase. Failed. It would not be hard to purchase something appropriate that that could work from the red market. Like that'll take a little time to find the right thing, 
but it's not a hard solution. It's not a hard problem to solve I, if that was important to you. I have like a small like money like uh what do you call it when you travel like a money belt kind of a thing that I put stuff in that can hold like one one of them. I would say that's gonna be yeah, these are not like bills. That's like I know, that's why I'm saying one. Like I could hold one on me. That's also vulnerable to like action. Squish. Yes. <laughs> Squishing the priceless figs. Yeah, no, I think they all, for at least for now, I mean, look, we're in a, it's a tiny room. It's crappy anyways. No one's banging down the door to stay at this place. And it, it's a room with no windows. So, and, and we'll, and we have the, the little vine over the door that will let us know if anybody's been rustling yeah, around in our room. So we have any reason to be suspicious. But Porter is, you know, asking us things, which I'm only, makes me I'm suspicious. I'm only bringing it up just because you're bringing it up. I know, and I'm worried. I'm actually bringing more... it up. <laughs> the the key is: Are you going to be able to whip out figs as proof of your like negotiating power in the moment? And are you going to be able to pull off carpet shenanigans? Like these are those are real things you guys do on a regular basis. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so like, okay, I say we take them with us. Uh, Mira holds the figs, and I'll hold the carpet. Okay. Yeah, better or, safer with us where we can manipulate. Having them both together because we can always just like scoop and like yeah, exit out of a situation and a getaway yeah. with the carpet and the figs together. Yep. I say we keep them with us or whoever. We just have a bag that – so we don't have all of our belongings with us. We just have like our – you know, like a mm -hmm. rucksack with the carpet in it. And then I don't know how Mira wants to hold the figs. But. Okay. Cool. So you are walking around the city with like backpacks on. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. All right, you look like adventurers. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. We don't look like adventurers. We look like people in the market. Shopping. Ladies' day out. Woo! Traveling from afar, which is why we have giant bags and satchels. Uh, yes, we're adventurers. We're in Paranew. I mean. Yeah. What? You're uh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, it is not hard to find the many pillared palace. So there's an outer wall, um, that is, uh, made of the very similar stone to what the front, the primary walls of the city were made of. It's just smaller and thinner here. Um, uh, but there's an outer wall and uh, at the, along the top of the wall are these bright crimson pillars lining and then as you uh there's a an open gate that leads you into an a front courtyard um and the courtyard has a kind of it's a big sort of circle that leads at the apex to uh to the palace itself and so the the pillars r ring that wall and then in front of the palace there are kind of two main angles of pillars that come to a uh, come to a point and there's a whole bunch of stairs that go upwards to the main level um of the entryway to the to the palace and in front of that apex is a dais that looks like it's used for um for public things um and right now it is empty 
but you see uh, as uh, as you go up the stairs, you see deep stains of what is very definitely blood. So there, it seems in um, indicative of a place where sacrifices might occur. Probably lots of them, based on the stainage that you see. In the courtyard? On the stairs below the dais, specifically. Mm. So like in a Mayan temple, where it's like the... Yeah, so the stairs the lead length up. And then the, the trail that falls where the head rolls all Yeah, the something kind of like oh that. Goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. circular courtyard, stairs going up. Stairs are shaped semi, sort of a... Try you know, wide base moving up to a more narrow top, so some somewhat triangular. At the top, there's this big broad dais area in front of the a big line of pillars that are the front of the palace itself, the entrance to the palace. So clearly they use this dais area out front for big public killings or something. Wow. So um and the courtyard is very sandy. Um, there is no, you've seen some greenery around the city. There is none here. The The palace is quite um, austere. Um, and uh, the the stone has a definite grayish tone um, in the overcast, with the overcast sky above. So, do you go right up the stairs into the front door? Are you, what yeah. are you doing? I think we're just going to go say, I mean, we're going to go knock on the front door. Okay. So. Wait. So a question, though, about the the negative energy yes. that is supposed to kind of like be ambient around this area. Yep. Sort of like like um, Eleanor's tattoos mm -hmm. that like absorb. Are, are our amulets like doing anything when they like get closer mm -hmm. to these places of power? Do they start glowing or something like does it, is there somebody, mm -hmm. is there an indicator of the energy that's around here and how close to, you know, larger quantities or concentrations of it we are. So right this minute as you're on the stairs, no, this is a fairly public zone where you are right now. Um, however, as you walk up the stairs and you pass kind of that, um, the, uh, the dais, you are faced with the, the two big lines of crimson pillars that come to a point, the roof, uh, above those and behind those, you can now that you're closer, you can see behind those, there are a series of doorways behind the pillars. There's one big giant double door um, that uh, leads to, that looks like the main entrance. And then there seem to be other um, smaller doors off to the sides or halt that seem like they might be like functional or service entrances or, or off like di there, there's different sort of practical, practical entrances off to the sides, but the main entryway are two enormous um uh, iron doors that are painted that are painted in red as well, and the, those doors are actually um, uh, you actually do see. Sorry, they, the doors are closed, and there is a uh, there is a guard in front. One now, single guard. One single guard. Now, as you 
approach the line of red pillars. You do actually feel the uh, your um, amulet, and it does actually start um, glowing just a little bit, and it just feels kind of cold. But it's very faint right now. But the line of pillars seems like the space where, like, so, and, and uh, as you approach that line, like, you feel a chill. Hmm. A tingle. A prickle. But nothing happens. But, like, something is happening. Yeah. But you're, you're okay. But you're okay. So... Just a minute. We didn't talk about what our story is to get into the God King right now. Why do we need to see him? Right, with your aliases? Yeah, with our aliases. Yes. Hmm. Um, I think we would just... It would depend. I, I'm, I'm leaning towards improvising. Well, now because... is the time to start improvising, so... I know. I just like, want to make sure our story is straight. Um, we're traveling, and I, I know. Let, let's say that we need portal magic. We want to speak with him about portals. Okay. I wonder if we will be sort of required to know enough about portals to explain why we're asking. Mm. In terms also of also keeping like, in mind, there's an entire guild of. Oh, that you will probably get shunted off to, you know, the 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 director equivalent. I don't yeah. know. Maybe we'll be fine. Maybe we'll just I don't know. Maybe we should be honest. I mean, I, I don't know. Some version of the story, some version of the truth that doesn't involve the Oasis itself. And that we are not us, but we still need his help to get somewhere that. Only the Shadow Realm can take us. Yeah, I'm just wondering if we're honest about it and like maybe these figs and we're from this and we need to get home. I don't know. We might, if he's honorable, maybe he just sends us home. Maybe we're like, hey, you remember Kojima? We need to I was do gonna say, He made this offer to somebody once, so we know he was feeling yeah. benevolent once. Yeah. But then I guess if it goes belly up, then we can exit. And then we can, you know, be ourselves and we can try a sneakier way or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we could just say we have heard. Okay. We have heard tell of this magical place called the Oasis of Figs. Ah. And we're told, yes. you know how to get there. Yes. And we know you've done this for somebody once. And because we just passed through uh, Perbestet. Yes. And we'd love to know how you find the Oasis. Yes, let's do that. But we don't have to be us, but we can still be looking for the Oasis. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Oh. Okay, we're good. Okay. All right, so now, as you guys are coming up, now that you're, like, close to the line, you you have actually seen a few people, like, come out of one of the functional entrances and sort of scurry o over to one of the other functional entrances and like go into those doors. So you're, you're seeing some act, a little bit of activity, um, but no one has come in or out of the main door. 
and there's nobody in the courtyard. I think we're just going to go up to the main door. Okay. So, as you approach the main door, the uh, the there's a guard standing there. And um, as you get about uh, six feet away or so, he thumps his spear on the ground and says, What brings you to the many-pillared palace, ladies? And you realize that this, that you can see through him. No. The door guard is a ghost. So he is a young looking man with very smooth features. He has no facial hair and you... As as you get a little closer, you swear he is wearing makeup. He has bright red lips, he has lined eyes, and he has a gentle, crooked smile. And he's kind of handsome, except for half of his head is missing. Like a big old sharp line that leaves both eyes intact, but there's just this line, a chunk of his head missing. But there he is smiling. Is the what brings is this you to like, the, Is this like shades of what once was at the time of death, or is this like like there's very like there's very like concrete makeup on an incorporeal being? Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shades of of what was. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay, because I'm like now I'm like. All the physics of incorporeal beings all of a sudden kind of catching up my brain. Is well, that's a wild idea of all. current makeup on a ghost. Wow, that's a fun <laughs> idea. But no, yes, he. This is a. This is his shade. Um, okay. Um. Good morning, sir. He nods. My friend and I would like to seek an audience with the God King. What is his name? Did we ever hear his name? <laughs> Mo- s- several times, but you Irsu. be... Y- God King Irsu Tanetsi Comet. Who? With God King Irsu... Tanetsi... Tanetsi Comet. Tanetsi Comet. Uh, he... He guffaws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. You're... <laughs> you're serious. Yes. We would like to see the God King. How do we go about doing this? Um, and what is what is your business? My we seek expertise that only the God King himself possesses. Hmm. Such a- You know what? I don't care. (laughs) Forgive me. It's not that you don't seem very interesting. You do. I don't really have any ability to help you with that. That's a... That's a... That's a whole thing. So, here's the deal. (laughs) The only way to get an audience with with his greatness is through Seneschal Herricks. He manages the agenda of 
the God King's court in in the great square. He gestures out to the dais um, out in front. That is the only way you will see the God King. I warn you, that list is long. And, uh, well, anyway, you, you, you have to go see Herrick's. I'm sorry. So there's nothing else you can do to open this door? Oh, if you would like to come in to the palace, inside here is indeed a, uh, this leads you back into a, a wonderful sanctum with one of the one of the great gates, the gate of Kerberos. And you don't know what the gate of Kerberos is, do you? No. <sighs> Bless. Okay. Are you from here? You're not from here, are you? We've traveled quite a long way. I a, see. As it stands. I see. Okay. Within the many-pillared palace is the Gate of Kerberos, which is one of the great gates to the underworld. There are powerful guardians, and many powerful practitioners of magic come here to study and to open the portal, and sometimes let horrible, terrifying things come out of it, or send horrible, terrifying things into it. It's all very horrible and terrifying. I don't like it. So, um, you, you seem to be of the, just from looking at the two of you, you seem to be of the, of, of the living. Um, it's not, it's not healthy for you to be here for very long. I'm just going to tell you, you should really stay out, out, out there. He points out to the great square. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, yes, we will be leaving then shortly. However, so you say there are many gates around this area, uh, n not many. There are three. There are three great gates in uh, the city. One of them is here, the Gate of Kerberos. You'll find that there are, there's a there's an order of Knoll priests who are particularly particularly in love with it. With it, there's also the Gate of Apsis that is particularly sacred to the priesthood of Set, and then there's a third, the Gate of Wajet which is sacred to the the departed brothers. All three of them lead to different parts of the underworld. I'm rather vague on the details. Do you know? So I do not believe that my friend and I will want to go to the underworld. Are there any gates or any portals that would take us to the Shadow Realm? My dear, if I had, if I knew anything about any of that, do you think I would be spending my afterlife guarding a gate? And he gestures grandly to the red gates beyond, behind him. Honey, no. Well, thank you for the information. Is there... So we need to go talk to this. So while you're while you're talking, suddenly a uh, a a knoll wrapped in heavy robes with a uh, with a 
headpiece that has a little crystal dangling kind of right down between his eyes, holding kind of an armload of um of scrolls, kind of uh shuffles past the two of you and he he nods at um at the guard and the guard nods at him and he shoulders his way through the gate or through the the big door and and, and heads on in. That's the only living person you've seen. That's the only person really you've seen coming in and out of the doors. Mm. So we need to go talk to Seneschal. Seneschal. That's his role. Seneschal. Seneschal. And his name is Herix. H-E-R-I-X. Herix. Seneschal Herix. Yes. So I think that'll be our next person. Uh, thank you so much, sir. We, uh, we will be on our way. Excellent. I wish you well, and, uh... One more question. Of course. Where does the God King reside? Oh, here. He rarely leaves. But what part of the palace would he be in? He Presumably he doesn't sit on a throne in a big empty hall all day. He must have some sort of quarters or living compartment within a compartment that's a ship um (laughs) some sort of uh den or residence inside the palace oh yes he has an aviary where he hangs upside down like a bat oh (laughs) you totally believed me for a moment didn't you oh God, no, of course he has quarters. I've never been there. <sighs> yes, he has. He has living quarters somewhere deep within the palace. Very, very few people ever go there. Do you remember a long time ago? How long have you been here? <sighs> Died ten years ago. Oh. I'm very sorry to hear that, but um, never mind. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you, but never mind. Uh, we're just looking. Uh, 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 an old friend came here a long time ago. Her name was Kajima. No reaction. Mm, yes. But thank you. Mm. Thank you very much. Ladies, I wish you the best of luck, and I just. Good luck. He gives you a, a, a sly little smile and tips his, you know, half shorn, shorn head to his side. He's like the nicest wraith I think I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess we can't really do anything here, so I, I kind of gesture to, we got to regroup. Yeah, we. I mean, we came for we came for intel, and that was uh, pretty informative. So, well, let's go find Seneschal Herricks. Okay. All right. So, um, to track down Seneschal Herricks, um, it's sort of a kind of a streetwise asking around, connecting some dots. Oh, I thought you said that he was at he was someplace. So we could find him somewhere. Uh, he did not get you. You did not ask and he did not tell. Oh. He just told you that that's the person you need to talk to. Oh, well. Excuse me. 
<laughs> yes, darling. Uh, where would we find this Seneschal Herrix? Oh. Oh, yes, I suppose that would be useful. Um, down at the base of the stairs there, around to the right, you'll see a little area that looks sort of like a like a box office, but that's actually his office when he's there, which he never is. He's usually out in the city and can be found at any number of various uh, establishments of some very high repute and some of very ill repute. So basically he could be anywhere at any time, is what you're saying. I mean, if I was his friend, I might actually know what some of those places are. He probably has a, some favorite places, but I'm not his friend, so I don't know. So he keeps the God King schedule, but he doesn't have a reliable one of his own? That's about the speed of it, yes. <laughs> it helps when the God King only comes out once a month. Is this on like a lunar schedule, or is he just very busy with his handicrafts? <laughs> what what keeps the, the God King uh, so secluded? Um... Mostly that he don't think he cares very much. All right. Well, we will make our, our hasty exit as you've so wisely suggested. Thank you so much, sir. I wish you both the best. Okay, well, I think we're going to walk down and go look at the office. Sure. And just yeah, we need to go. If he's there, win for us. Yeah. If he's not there, we could shuffle some papers and get some information. Yep. Yeah. So you get down there and it does, like there's a... There, it, it does kind of look like a box office. There's a little, um, a little window with a with a desk, except for the window is shuttered, and there's a little sign that says, um, that says, uh, "Out to lunch. Be back soon." Um, how is the door? So you said it's um. So there's closed. a there's a little like a like kind of like a box office like window that you would come up to and like talk to someone on the other side. But that shut, and then there's an actual like door, door off to the to the right. Can we try to open it? It is locked. So, I've devised a device in lieu of having a rogue in our party and not having any lock picking skills. Um, I don't think we've had the need to pick many locks thus far in our adventure. Um, I, I feel like. I feel like it has come up maybe once before. We had to jam a lock to make sure that somebody who did have the key didn't come in. <laughs> I don't think we've had to open a lock that wasn't yeah, ours. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, so, locked door. So Mira has a twig that she has in her little, a magical twig that is sure. approximately the size of a key, like let's say a toothpick, that she can insert into a lock and grow it to basically push up the pins and basically form the negative space inside a standard lock. I mean, magical locks and, you know, crazy bolts and things would be intense. But if this is just a standard lock and key situation, she has figured out a a very magical plant-based way of picking up <laughs> locks by growing her little stick the empty space uh, in the lock and push up the pins. I love it. I Plant love this. Plant-based lock picking. I 
I love everything about this. I think we should have it discussed <laughs> because you love it so much. Absolutely not. Let's hope the dice but love it because I, I presume you're gonna make me I roll. I think this idea is delightful. Okay, so so yes, this will be using uh, this will be using your magic, um, and this sounds clever. Um, I would have, I was leaning towards, um, covert, but the, the secrecy here is not really the trick. It's really the artful growing of the twig to do the thing. So under the, I, I think clever is probably the right approach. Um, and yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you roll that. That sounds like that sounds great. Um if this was traditional lock picking, this would be a 3. So, go ahead and roll your thing against the same difficulty. However, um well no, you can it's not even you don't even need a lot of time cuz your magic works quickly. So, um yeah, I like this. Um go right ahead. Okay. So my clever is two. Let's see. No! That is that is a minus one. Use a fate that point. That sounds like a good time for fate points. I am 100% re-rolling that. I am using a fate point. Okay, what aspect are you um, leaning on here? Uh, horticulture for hire. This is yeah. magical. Magical lockpicking sticks are <laughs> like something that she stocks in her little All right. shop that she used to have. This, I love everything about this. All right, re-roll. That's way better. That's a four. Excellent. Okay. So you are, uh, you sit there and you've got your, you, you insert your twig and uh, you're, you're kind of wiggling and feeling and you're growing up the little shoots and you find the little finds the little empty spaces and pushes the tumblers and you're kind of wiggling and suddenly you feel the key kind of turn and it, it makes a clean opening and you're able to do the same thing with the deadbolt and it takes a few takes a minute or two but no one's really watching this spot anyway and you two of you are in the office of seneschal herricks sweet so, I think we're just going to go in and close the door. Very good. Mm -hmm. All right. So, the um it is a very small sort of two rooms. Um the front room looks very much like a kind of typical, you know, office workspace. There's a table, there's a chair, there's a lot of paper. There's some wax seals. There's a lot of uh, a lot of le uh, uh, scrolls that look like uh, that are mul multiple pages kind of attached at a top piece that look like ledgers and uh, and it's just a lot of and then there's a there's a bench against the wall for other people to sit who aren't you know working at the table. Um, there are two chairs are behind the desk area that seem to kind of fill two different working spaces and then the other room is kind of a is a, actually a pretty nice little comforts room so there's like a couch 
there's um a, a selection of beverages there's this just like it looks like the the lounge basically does it look like there's anyone's been here in a while um everything yeah actually everything's there's stuff that seems fresh so it seems like someone may have been here recently there's definitely not like a layer of dust on everything or anything like that. Can we look around and see if there's, I don't know, any information pertaining to the schedule or to the God King or I don't, anything that looks like it will be helpful for us? Sure. So you find a, um, you find a, as you shuffle through scrolls, a lot of them seem to be like, um, sort of economic management orders and um, inventories or, you know, profits and loss and incomes and just a lot of accounting stuff. And then you find one that is indeed a list of names and like a topic. And what you notice is that there's, um, there's just a long running list of which many names just get scratched off. And then there's, uh, and then there's a series of short lists of where of the names of folks who, um, presumably did actually get to talk to the, to the, to the king. And the, the list is just, the main list is just enormously long. So, and what the, you notice that the names that are getting scratched out, there's no, like, you're not seeing any order. Like, there's no, it's de definitely not first in, first out, for instance. Oh, so maybe it isn't a cue necessarily. It's more of like a, a pool to be selected from. So if your case is compelling enough then that's the order that you're selected to Bingo. have your audience. Any dates or times in this ledger? That's what I'm curious about is like, what is like, what's the wait time here? What are we talking? I mean, I know yeah. it's not standard obviously because it's out of order, mm -hmm. but like, is there like, the, like date of request and then date scene is that information um, no, available? But there's a running list. You can tell the list of the of the um the past. So as you look at the list, okay, I see what you're saying. So as you look at the list of the uh the ones that people have actually gotten to see, um, those kind of go on a list of, you know, for for sort of like an agenda of each uh each court date. Um, and those seem to be one month apart ish, and you can uh it seems like the next one would probably be due in about like two weeks. You're kind of sitting in the middle. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we can't wait that long. And the, uh, um, but there, sorry. So yes, the, the next one looks like it's, it's about two weeks away and there is, um, you don't have any indication of how long some of the people, some of the names have been on the, long list mm -hmm. okay so at least that in my mind narrows it down to we're not as compelling as our story maybe we're not going to go through conventional channels we are going to have to 
expedite our own process. We're probably just going to have to break in and go find him and then convince him. So I don't even know if we should bother with this guy. This guy has access because he can get into doors and he has personal, presumably personal correspondence with the God King himself. Like channels of communication that are at least open. So we could at least grill him in whatever demeanor we choose. Um, I think we at least need to talk to the guy, even if he shuts us down. Okay. That's but at least having this background information is good to know going into that what I presume is going to end up being an interrogation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. We go to find Seneschal Herricks. Cool. One last hint uh, or, or clue as you're looking around is that there is a glass of, um, there's a, a glass on the table. It looks like a wine glass. And there's a, a red film on the glass and a little bit of red liquid left in the bottom. And a, 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 it, without even having to pick it up and sniff it, um, Eleanor re- recognizes that that is that it was filled with blood. That would totally track that the right hand admin of the God King of the Undead is a vampire, or something, or something some other blood drinking eel drinks blood. Right? We don't know what he is. No, you don't. Okay. What else drinks blood? Well, who was selling blood the other night? They're cool. cool. Do they drink blood? They also eat flesh. Okay. They don't necessarily, they, they don't have the same like needs that a vampire does, but they like it. They just love it. All right. So are you hunting down Herricks? Are you doing something else? I think we need to kind of, okay, so the the business side, the ledger side, we kind of get kind of the whole court side of things in terms of the official channels. If we're going to go try to find this guy, we need to dig through his personal effects. So if this is sort of like the manager's office and mm-hmm. hangout spot, he obviously has beverages here. Let's kind of poke around and see if we can find any more of his personal effects to see where we might find him, see what he might be into, if there's any personal correspondence of his or any hobbies of his we might find to know like if there's a shop we could ask for him at or a place of business he might be found in. You do find a crumpled note that's kind of tossed uh, tossed off to the side. And it looks like, it does not look fresh. It looks like old. It's at the bottom of kind of a pile of other stuff. Um, And it just says, meet me at the Red Skull Diner at midnight. So that's a place he has been or goes. Okay, so somebody presumably would recognize him or recognize his name. That is a place to start on your information gathering. Yeah. Okay. Cool. It's probably good to conceal the way we are. If we're going to poke around in a place called the red skull, (laughs) we still have our info or you're still disguised. Yeah. All day. You're good. Okay. So, um, so tracking him down, 
Um, uh, we'll kind of do this as a as a quick challenge. So, um, how would you? So, so let's. Um, we're we're not going to play through these steps in detail, but let's just kind of connect some dots. So, you're going to begin your investigation at the Red Skull, asking around about him. He is not there right now. Um, and how do you want to try and get information? When was he, I want to ask when he was last here? So if it was like this mm -hmm. morning, or if it was like two weeks ago, mm -hmm. okay. um, to hopefully give us a sense of like where he might be next. Where like if he's already had lunch, if he was here an hour ago eating, we're not going to go to more places of yeah. dining. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that sounds like uh, you could. Uh, that would probably either be clever or clever or bold or, or covert, depending on kind of how you go about it. And um, also, depending on your approach, you might be able to uh, justify using your stunt related to um, haggling and negotiation. Well, let's see how much of a resistance I get with my clever role. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Difficulty yeah. will just be two. Okay. Because the other thing I definitely want to ask one more question to add is um, I want to find out if I want to know who he was with when he was here last. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you left with them. Okay. Go ahead and roll. Oh, that is zero. Whopping zero. Ooh. Um, so I would use my stunt for this. Oh, gain plus two, clever in an instance of negotiation. So that would put me at a two. Okay. So, um, in the in the course in order for this to kind of work you'll have to kind of work in some haggling with the uh the the barkeep um and you end up having to um since this is a that'll put you at a tie we'll say that you end up having to um buy a full bottle of beverage of some kind and uh you can take it with you if you want but uh, yes. you basically had to end up buying something fairly you know kind of expensive in order to make it work. But you end up from that, you're able to find out the, um, he was here like a good, it was a good week ago, but he comes here like regularly. So, okay. um, this is not, this is a, a place that he is known. He didn't know the guy he was meeting. It was some, it was some like, uh, um, fairly, well-dressed person but they didn't know each he didn't know them and they're not a regular um but they weren't like a thug and then um what was the other questions you were who he was meeting with yeah have you left with that person um and yeah when he was here last we'll actually say he had that meeting and then he was here like two nights later and then he hasn't been here since but he's he comes, this is a place he shows up frequently. Okay, but he wasn't here this morning. He wasn't Certainly here like no. an hour ago. No. Just days ago. Yep, okay. days ago. Okay. Um, okay, I mean that... And... Uh, I guess from, like, would you like to know other places that, see if he knows other places that he likes to go? Yeah, I mean, if the, I mean, that was going to be my next kind of line of questioning is like how much I was going to go away a different avenue, but ultimately, yes. <laughs> um, what I was going to start asking the barkeep is like, what 
does he drink when he's here? Does he eat much in the way of food? Or is this just kind of like a beverage stop? And is this like a place for meetings with with drinks? Or is this like a lunch spot and kind of things he likes and and any other place he may be known to go? Yeah. After similar fare. So th this place is mostly a bar. They do. They definitely serve. They f specialize in beverages. He does like um, big. Uh, he does like big slabs of um, of uh, of ostrich. Um, and uh, as well as goat. But he uh, and he drinks usually red wine or blood. Are his preferred. Orders. Um, and in particular, he, he seems to have a preference for dwarven blood. Okay. And, uh, this is a place he often comes for a, for some kind of high class, um, uh, business meetings. Okay. To chat things out. And, uh. There, uh, while while they're while he's talking, a uh, a working lady kind of saunters through the room, and uh, you can tell that this is a place of ill repute, but of high class. I, I'm I'm really now thinking about how many channels we have between us and the God King, and how many channels we have to find this guy, and how how essential he is to accessing if it's really going to be i think we try one more place knowing this is here i think we so we're basically telling yeah. the dm we're trying one more place and if he's not there we're storming the castle the end <laughs> so Give us the NPC that we need. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, what I was prepared to tell you is that the barkeep tells you that he frequents a lot. Like his favorite place that he goes to on a, on a, not daily basis, but you know, a couple times a week basis and is very well known by everyone there is a, is a uh, another place called the drunken ox that is a <laughs> um another house of ill repute and low class hmm. that is a little a little uh, it's a little ways away so it's a bit of bit of a footwalk but that's your next lead okay I think we're going to go to the Drunken Ox. All right. So at the Drunken Ox, um, you, uh, uh, as you inquire about Herrix, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, uh, his, uh, his favorite, his favorite guy is, is, uh, is, uh, uh, Willard. Willard, come here. And they call out and a, a, uh, a, uh, guy comes out and he's um he's got a sleeveless shirt on and um he's kind of thin and and uh just kind of pretty unremarkable but he he comes out and uh he knows Herrick's well and is usually 
his uh, his server whenever Herrick comes here. And so he's he knows exactly how he likes his drinks. He knows exactly how he likes to conduct his affairs around the place. He knows he always makes sure he gets the table that he wants, even if that involves kicking someone else out, because um, he tips very well. Um, so, sorry, background on on kind of how the society works. Mm -hmm. Is he known as kind of like the entry point to the God King? Like, is he when, when he's walking around town, do people know that he's the guy you need the in with to get favors from the God King? Or is he like totally behind the scenes and nobody knows kind of what he's in charge of? It's probably, it's one of those things of like people in the know know. For, so imagine like, it's kind of like dealing with a chief of staff. Okay. Okay, so people who, people who are aware kind of how things work, but like just like a regular regular say, person on the street wouldn't have any idea who he is or why he's important. He's a regular person who had made their plea at the presumably the window of mm -hmm. "I need to see the God King, and I'll see if I can pencil you in next week." The person who's writing in the ledger is not Herricks, right? Like the person who they're interfacing with. The immediate people who are making these requests, the townspeople, the lay people, are not interfacing with him directly. Townspeople and lay people don't go and ask for audiences with the God King. Have you ever gone okay. and asked for an audience with the governor of Texas? <laughs> oh, I sure would like one. Um, no, I... Um, people don't do that, so... Okay, I guess I... Without asking kind of what different favors or things were in the ledger, I don't, I guess, know the nature of, like, what favors people are asking. If it's, like, I don't know, I could come yeah. up with the whole narrative. Lots like, and lots of stuff of will get handled by different functionaries. I'm curious as to how recognizable he is in terms of a person of power and how many people passing by him. Very little. He's, okay. yeah, he's a subtle character. He is, a, he is something that people think, um... Yeah, like a, a chief of staff is a very good approximation of people who are in the orbit of that part of society know who he is. Outside of that, he's not famous. He's not popular. He's not a face. He's not a personality. Uh, but okay. among the right circles, everyone knows who he is. Okay. Trying to pin down how many people would try to schmooze him for personal gain and sort of trying to slip the line and skip the ledger phase and go straight to the favor phase. That's um, a very good question. That's a very good line of inquiry with Willard. Would you like to try and figure that out? <laughs> I would. I, I guess I was just asking based on like how much I'm expected to know or how much like we perceived going into this line of questions. Yeah, you haven't heard you have not learned anything of the of the of that nature, but what where you're going is a very good train of thought. Okay. Sniffing up the right tree, I like it. Yes, you're sniffing up the right tree. So what information do you want to try and get from Willard? Um tact see tact is not my my thing. Um I want to get out of him how easy it is to pull favors with him and what it takes to skip the line. Got it. But I don't want to 
make any, I don't want to reveal our intentions. I don't want to yep. make it seem like that's exactly what we're trying to do, totally. um, nor do I want to insinuate that there would be a reason why he would know how to do that either. Sure. Okay. This is definitely covert. <laughs> okay. That's a one. Okay. You need a two for this challenge. <laughs> so do you want to do something about, can you do something about that? Um, or do you, or do you want to start talking about costs? I mean, I mean, I'm willing to, to, I guess, literally like pay for information, but you know, I don't, I'd like this to be just a polite conversation, but like, you know, a gesture of magical abilities to show that we mean it or, you know, what's in it for me. I'm willing to negotiate. That's fine. Maybe not super heavy handed, but you know, so because a magical, a magical lock picking twig would go a long way. <laughs> that does no good in his hands. And, Fair. Um, Fair. That's true. So... So to be clear, right now you are failing. It is possible to succeed at a serious cost because you are, this isn't a t at a tie. It's a minor cost. This is not a minor cost. This would be like yeah. something. Open your face cost. <laughs> some, there, there will be a meaningful complication if you want to proceed or if you can change that outcome, either of you. Um, I don't know. I feel like diplomacy would go a long way. I'm wondering if, if Eleanor could kind of back me up in any way. So is Willard just out? Did he just come out to chat with us? Yeah, he, he is the guy. He is the favored server of Herrick. He seems to know a lot about him. And he seems as you and you guys have been chatting him up. He's so we have been chatting to mm -hmm. him. Okay, Willard. I'm just going to cut to the chase here. My friend and I, we just really need to know where this Hendrix is and how we find Hendrix. I want to call him Hendrix. Oh. You were talking about making that Hendrix cocktail. <laughs> so that's why I keep thinking Hendrix. So Herrick. Herrick? Herricks. Herricks. <laughs> oh, great. So Willard, I'm just going to cut to the chase here. My friend and I, we really, really, really need to get in to see uh, the God King. And you are... You can help us with this. You can be oh, such an essential part of our strategy. And how you can do this is we need to know what makes Herrick tick. We need to know how do we get on the list to see the God King. And you, my friend, you, oh, you're so smart. I know that you know what makes Herrick tick. Okay, so I'm going to give you a chance here to basically retroactively create advantage for Mira. Okay. okay. 
And uh, I will let you do that with clever. Ah, oh, sweet. Okay, difficulty two. Sweet. We like clever. That is a five. Okay. So that is a success with style. So that is... Because I told him he was smart, huh? So, Mira, you actually have two... F that gives you... Your your uh, Eleanor's smooth talking gives you two free invokes that you can use to improve your result, which is gonna turn you into you into a into a, a strong success. So that greases the wheels. So excellent, El Eleanor sweet talking him. You uh, he he opens up. Good. Okay, and he tells you pretty much everything you're looking for. Um, Herrick's comes here regularly he probably will be here probably not tonight but definitely tomorrow night because there's a band playing there's a musician playing that he knows herrick's likes and we want to know what herrick's likes herrick's likes money well yes what does he like as far as Oh, carnal pleasures. Yes, that's what we want to know. You know, he's not. He likes to watch. He likes <laughs> dancers. He likes teases. He I've never actually seen him partake okay. in any uh any services. He is a he is a fierce businessman he he makes hard deals and he never agrees he never does anyone any favors what is he excuse me oh, sorry. uh what what race is he oh he's one of the darakul right thank you he has lever he has leveraged his position in the in the the crimson palace or sorry he has leveraged his position in the many pillared palaces power structure to make himself very wealthy so if you want to get to see the god king he can make that happen he can make sure that on the next court date in the great square that you get your chance to see the god king and make your case but you must make it worth herrick's while have you heard of any individual through legitimate channels or maybe otherwise who have ever seen the god king outside of the scheduled dates Lady, that is so far outside of my realm. I have I, the god. I, I'm just, I'm just curious if you, in your interactions with Herricks, if you've, if he's ever made mention that there was a time and place where he or anyone else he was organizing to meet with the God King on a different basis, other than the one that's scheduled. Not that I've ever heard it probably does happen, but 
that's not the sort of thing that we talk about. No one in the city, the city, he doesn't make, uh, the God King doesn't make public appearances except that one date. So anything else outside of that is happening. He kind of waves off in the vague direction of the palace. It's happening behind closed doors or in meetings. But he closed. those are his public appearances. Closed doors that Herrix may have the keys to? Oh, assuredly. So he has access. Definitely. Also That's very helpful. One uh, just note, since you uh, you don't seem like um, business people, you you I, I'm I'm guessing that uh, you're not a stranger to trouble. Um, you should know that Herrix is never alone, oh. ever, and you may not see them because they blend into the shadows. But he's always, and I do mean always, accompanied by two very, very fearsome wraiths. I have seen those two things shred mobsters apart. Herrix himself is not particularly formidable. But he is never alone. And his muscle, and the muscle that comes with him... It's very dangerous. Treat him with the same care you would treat a cobra. Hood flared, fangs bared. We appreciate the information and and such a warning. Absolutely. Now, you didn't hear it from me, and uh, um. I hope you can appreciate that I've been missing my work for a little bit. And he makes a little gesture for a tip. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Good. Okay. And he smiles and leaves. So you have a pretty good idea of where Herrick's is going to be and a pretty good idea of what. Yeah. How he works. I he's see. basically a, he's basically a mobster in the employ of the palace. Well, I think that we either have to go through him or we just need to go with plan B where we sneak into the palace and hope, hope we know where, hope we can find where we're going to go and that we don't get killed. So I think, I think we have to try this channel. Yeah. I think at the very least we have more outs with this route and um, we have more information going in. We would be just like blindly breaking and entering into a guarded palace, which presumably has far more magical defenses in the way of dark magic than just two wraith bodyguards. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. I think I'm good just heading back to our new room. And having yeah, it's dinner. probably afternoon. Yeah, this probably this took most of your day. Yeah, you're walking yeah. all over town. You're chatting with people. You're asking. You're asking a direct. Like, yeah, this took yeah. all day. And then just kind of have a good night's sleep and wait until mm -hmm. we go out the next night to find him. Okay, very good. It feels like a good spot to to uh, wrap up for the night. So we will pick up next time when you go to meet Herricks. 
we got to hear about the suite. We got to wrap it up. I got to know what happens when we get I back know, to the we two want to our room. <laughs> Oh, All yeah, right. What's well, what's the room like? What's the bed situation? Is yeah. there a window? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So when you uh, you get back to the two doves and <laughs> Soraya greets you and takes you up to uh, to the new room and she uh, she opens the door. She hands you a new pair of keys and this room is. It's not a luxury suite, but it is so much better than where you were. So now you're up on the second floor. You have a window overlooking the red market. Sweet. That's what we want. And there are two beds as well as kind of a lounge space. So there's a little bit of division of of, of room and and it has its own water closet. And like it's just so much better it has lamp it has a couple lamps around the room for uh for actual decent lighting it has um in addition to the window it has a uh a, a ventilation not a window but like a ventilation grate as well so there's cross flow like it's just and the the bed is just in much the beds are better linens better shape like this is the definitely the the kind of place you want to be staying at okay is there so a window now we did keep the figs on our person mm -hmm. um but a window is also an access point so i'm it is yeah it has shutters did you check your vine i'm assuming mira would check your vine as oh, we. oh yeah you're no one ever walked in your room your, okay. your room was secure yeah okay. so well i think that night i think i want to like kind of sit and look out the window and just kind of watch yeah because the next day we're not going to do anything until late that night and we go find herrick so like yeah i'm i think we both want to see what is happening yeah. okay cool so that evening um you can kind of just watch all the uh uh, as the city comes alive and you do see you still see quite a few people walking around in that are in full coverings but now you but you are seeing um you see a lot of knolls a lot of knolls you see now that you kind of have seen a few more darakul around the city you kind of know what you're looking for you see a number of them you see occasional inky blobs of blackness that might be like a wraith or ghost or something it's kind of hard to tell in the darkness from you know, 20, 50, 20 to 50 feet away. So like kind of hard to tell, but you definitely see like shapes. Um, and then uh, what you don't see though, is any like mindless undead, which you did see back in Perbestet. Remember the, uh, the, mm -hmm. um, the, the dead that walked that city as servants. You don't see that going on here. Everything seems to be like, everything seems to be intelligent undead also you don't see many kobolds here which is interesting because kobolds are everywhere there were a lot in Perbastet. there were a lot in nuria you see a few here but not very many which are notable in their absence um possibly because this place is further to the east and has a bit more is more a lot closer to the border of the maroti empire so Kobolds here might have a be in a kind of a difficult spot politically. Um, and uh, as you're watching, there's a particular band of 
um, uh, there's a, a street musician group of knolls that come through and sort of park it um, nearby where you can kind of watch and listen. And they play until like 3 a.m. in the morning. And first, it's really fun. Like it's actually really like um, very fun, upbeat. There's a there's a drummer banging on a, a collection of, of uh, hand drums. And then there's a um, one playing kind of a stringed instrument reminiscent of a guitar. And there's another working on a, um, on a, uh, what looks like a violin, but only has like three strings of some sort. And, uh, um, and then the, and, uh, you also, um, can tell that the, the leader playing the, the guitar type instrument is a, is a female knoll, um, who does a lot of the singing and it's, it's really kind of raucous, which is awesome at first. And then by about midnight, you're like, oh my gosh, are you guys going to stop? And they don't, they keep going until like 2 a.m. Um, so it's really hard for you guys to get to sleep, but it's really fun for at least a while. Good to know. Any My first other... instinct was, um, uh, Eleanor has the veil where she can like, make sound disappear. But then again, I'm not sure that we want that like level of, um, of unaware. We, we need to be aware of our surroundings. Yeah. Uh, veil yeah. the outside sound. That's a clever idea. I though. could put it in the window, probably dull it, I would think. Just to like muffle it, just do like a half power. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm not even going to make your roll for that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's fun. You're able to set something up that lasts long enough for you all for them to till they go away. I like it. Any other any other questions you have about your people watching? Hmm. Um. When we see, we may not be close enough. This the answer is probably no, but um, hmm. we may not be close enough. But when we do see wraith possible activity, hmm. um, do our amulets react in any way? You're too, yeah, no, you're too far away. We're too far away for that to happen. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know the ranges on these things, but I'm just curious if they're far enough away that they don't, they can't have any direct impact on you. Thus the amulet doesn't react. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what is the, I mean, I know with a, you know, a raucous street band, um, you know, that's a pretty party atmosphere, but overall the sort of, Comings and goings, does it seem like pretty standard kind of like din of a crowd or is it like everybody's in party mode or is it like, it's obviously not sullen, but like, mm. I'm curious kind of like what the nighttime energy is like. You know what I think we ought to do? I think we ought to take a magic carpet ride and go like see the city at night. No Ooh, I'm not it. so sure I'm ready to I want to venture out with Flash. I don't want to be that No one can see us. I'm going to veil us. Oh, that's right. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Now or tomorrow night? Let's just do it real quick. So what are you what are you I Wanting to, I want us to ride on the magic carpet so okay. we can get a better look sure. at all the things that Mira's wanting to see. And I'm going to veil us so we're invisible. Okay. 
For that, I would like you to make a roll. The uh, difficulty three. And what is what am I doing? Uh, usually clever. Clever, three. So that's a two. Um, can I push my limits? Um, and take a stress. Uh, so push your limits actually marks exhausted, but yes. Or oh wait, sorry, are you adding put just mark a stress to get one. Yeah, because then I'd be at three. Sure. Okay, so, uh, well, so that's still a tie. Okay. Do you want to mark two? That'll sure. give you a yeah, win. Yeah, let me give a... Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay, cool. So you do your your uh, stealth, stealth flying trick. Um, it's kind of tricky to, like, maneuver getting out the window and stuff without being seen. Um, and you can't latch that's the windows fine. from the outside. But, yeah, you, you pull it off. So... Um, you, you, uh, you take off flying around and this does let you get some really good views. Um, it's definitely not a, it's definitely not a party city, but there is a, but the buzz of dealings is, goes all night. So the, the, the red market never settles down. Can we fly over the palace? Sure. Can we maybe try to see, like, if there's any courtyards or, I don't know. If you hang, if you stake out above the, like, you will see occasionally people coming and going. Yes. But we can't, like, you know, when you look down and you can see kind of the layout of a building, Mm -hmm. can we tell where the god king is? No. Okay. Like, there's not, like, a grand hall or, like, an aviary or (laughs) something. No, it's all quite, it's all quite, it is a very, it does have a very, from what you saw in front and what you're seeing here, you can tell that 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 beyond the gates is a very large, um, is a very large hall, like like the size of like like a theater. Okay. Um, but beyond that, you're not able to get much okay. intel about the building that way. Definitely no clear sign of where the God King might be. There's no. It does not have any sort of like gardens around it, or you know, decorative fountains off on the backside, or anything like that. No spots of leisure. In general, actually, that's a that's a notable thing about this town. Like, I know, like, I know you guys were expecting, like, you know, town of the dead, and it's a lot more living than that. But like, there is no par- There are no parks. You see no children. Like, or at least very few. Like, this isn't it. It is odd in what is like missing, even though life is going on. Like, you just don't see a lot of the normal, like, you don't see lots of kids running off to school. Um, you, you don't see playgrounds or gardens or, like, it's just a, it's a very severe city. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of dealings going on. 
So sort of like an epicenter for business and people don't spend a whole lot of time here unless they have something to accomplish. Yes. Yes. And then they leave. The, <laughs> or the they people stick who around stay here, good. the people who stay here are either kind of the core then this is a city of knowledge workers basically you've got you've got your like necromancers wizards embalmers historians like um kind of specialists working their trades and then you have business around that support their needs and that's kind of what makes the city thrive okay and it's not a great place it's not a great place that ha for like um, there's no suburbs. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, this notion of like that being this epicenter of business and transactions yes. because everyone there has an agenda yes. and, and goals and no one's there because they were, you know, they were, you know, just this is where their family was raised and they just, you know, became trades folks or, mm -hmm. you know, this is more like people come to town for, you know, commerce or trade of some kind. And like in the case of an innkeeper, obviously they stick around and they maintain their mm -hmm. business, but like this whole notion of like, everyone's got an agenda, everyone's got goals and, you know, means to an end kind of stuff that, may set us up for what we need to be armed with uh -huh. talk to Eric's. Because if that's kind of what he's poised for and who he's normally used to dealing with, we need to be extraordinary by whatever means that ends up being. I think that is good insight. I think we have to give him a fig. 